It's November 14, 2018, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First, we'll hear from Donovan Kealoha from Startup Capital Ventures, and he's here to tell us about the newly released Venture Capital in Hawaii 2010 to 2018 report. And then we'll hear from Greg Barber from the Natural Energy Lab of Hawaii. And he's here to tell us about a new aquaculture accelerator. But first off, I wanted to share with you the fact that Accelerate UH is actually open for applications for their sixth cohort. And if you're interested in applying, and I'll actually have them on the radio uh, next week, but the deadline's coming up. The deadline is, I think, 11 um, November 24th. So the deadline's coming up. I'll have them on the show next week, but uh, we'll talk in more detail as to what they're up to. But uh, you can go to AccelerateUH.com and register if you're interested in joining their next cohort. With that said, I want to welcome Donovan Kealoha. He's from the Startup Capital Ventures, and he's here to tell us about the latest venture capital report uh, for Hawaii. Welcome to the show. Aloha. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, is this something that you do? I know annually there is sort of like a venture capital report, but this is something more extensive. Well, it's been a while since one of these reports has come out. I think uh, HIPAA, that mm-hmm. public advocacy mm-hmm. organization, was responsible for uh, putting out this kind of report uh, over the course of many years. But, and what, what, but didn't Sultan Ventures put out something? They did. It was mainly looking at, I think, the way that they did it. And we recited in our report, they were looking at sort of, a, uh, they sort of did it and asked uh, various organizations around town that um, invested and mm-hmm, tried to get mm-hmm. some of their numbers. This was... Um, a little bit more substantive in that we were using a third-party proprietary database to okay. be able to source the information. This was actually completed, posted, public deal information. We supplemented that with uh, additional deal information from the various accelerators and incubators. Um, and so to jump into the report, right, this is a report that looks at investment deal activity. This is not looking at um, non-dilutive uh, grant so, uh, sources such as grants and SBIR thing is mainly looking at you know equity investments in the Hawaii ecosystem from 2010 up into 2018. Now, did this include the accelerators as well? So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like Blue so, and, and accelerate your wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it's, I mean, they play a significant role in this report in the deal activity, just the sheer amount of deals that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the the emergence, I guess, and the prevalence of the number of accelerators and incubators in Hawaii. Um, and that led to actually some interesting things, outcomes, right, So um, that we talk about in the report. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we look at activity from the accelerator incubator stage all the way up to the late stage mm-hmm. um, and sort of draw some kind of look at the trends and make some observations from that. Are there some key trends that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, you know, well, first and foremost, you know, we're going to be doing sort of a, 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 a public unveiling and talking more substantively mm-hmm. about the report at next week's Hawaii Venture Capital Association breakfast meeting. So mm-hmm. shout out to Nelly and all the guys there at HVCA. If you uh, are available on November 20th, Tuesday morning, sign up, um, breakfast, and then you get the report. And then you also get a panel of uh, folks that, uh, have insights into raising money. So to jump ahead, maybe, you know, in the report, we talk about a couple of different things. One, maybe the highlights is, you know, from 2010 to 2018, mm-hmm. what we saw was, and again, the the focus of this report is looking at Hawaii-based deals. So companies that were founded here, have headquartered here, have a presence here, and 
if we were to just sort of segment the activity by that mark, about $250 million has had in equity dollars has gone into those companies across 203 deals into 128 unique Hawaii companies. And if you add on Hawaii-related deals, so these are companies that um, maybe have a presence here, but their headquarters somewhere else, or they started here and they moved away and raised capital. We count that as a Hawaii-related deal. So that's another $220 million. Mm-hmm. So I'll told close to half a billion dollars maybe mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has, you know, kind of um, you know, gone through the Hawaii ecosystem, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other things. One, you know, we saw within the last, more recently, we saw increasing deal, uh, deal flow rate. So from a low in 2011 of about seven deals, then we get to a high point of 2016 where we saw 40 deals. And then if you look from 2013 up until 2017, we average about 32 deals per year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. I mean, that's promising. The beneficiary of a lot of this activity is is the, you know, if we're looking at sectors, information technology, which kind of makes sense. Um, and more specifically, the software industry. So, you know, in the course of eight years, nearly 50% or 43% of the deal activity was into companies primarily in the software industry. And a couple of other interesting things, too, that we talk about in the report that we'll talk about next week that people should mm-hmm. go check out. And then one sort of interesting thing, I think, with Hawaii being such a small market, relatively speaking, um, externalities, you know, the economic term externalities have sort of an outsized impact. And so, the high growth initiative, we talk about that and we can see sort of quantified sort of results from capital being catalyzed and creating this these microactivity, which then created a bunch of different things happening in the ecosystem. Um, so, yeah, we talk more at length about that. In the are, there, are there any indications as to what we should continue to do and are we on the right track? Should we tweak Something to yeah. maybe get uh, you know get more out of the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, we 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 come up with some recommendations, and you know, one other thing, you know, at a baseline, if you take out some of the outlier years, Hawaii, you know, the Hawaii ecosystem generally attracts about twenty million dollars in financing per year, which is, in absolute terms, kind of a lot. Of, Mm-hmm. We can create a lot of activity. So that's good, right? Sort of the baseline. Now, if we can create more activity on top of that, right, that creates more startups doing different kinds of things. So we talk at length about, you know, kinds of policy decisions that can be made. We talk about the important role that, you know, some of the more mature, bigger companies could play, should play mm-hmm. within the ecosystem mm-hmm. like they do elsewhere, Um so, yeah, those are kinds of this things that we talk about in the report. Oh, that sounds good. So remind us again, when is this uh, the, the detail of the report going to be shared uh, at this HVCA yeah. breakfast? Next week, November 20th, I think it's a Tuesday in the morning breakfast panel. You can mm-hmm. get tickets. I think they're still available. Go to hvca.org. And if you want to get the report, uh, the link to download it is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash H-I-V-C report, R-E-P-O-R-T. H-I-V-C report. Okay. B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash H-I-V-C report. And And I will put that up on the uh, show notes for later on tonight. And I hope to go to the breakfast next Tuesday. So I want to thank you, Donovan, for joining us. Mahalo. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Greg Barber from Nelha, and he's here to talk about the uh, 
Aquaculture Accelerator. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Many years ago when I lived on the mainland, I used to listen to NPR. And it was on the first push button, and I don't know that I listened to anything else. And so many years ago, the only way I could listen to the station was be in Hanalei, holding onto the antenna of my car, waving an arm around, because it was very difficult to get in a normal car. That's how I came to love Hawaii Public Radio. My name is Noel Brooks, and I live in Kilauea on Kauai. And I'm proud to be a member of HPR. Welcome back to Bike Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Greg Barber from Nelha. Greg is the Executive Director of the Natural Energy Lab of Hawaii Authority. Welcome to Bike Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Uh, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here and longtime listener. Yeah, you know, Greg, I have always wanted to have you, representative of Nelha, come on the show. But since you are over there in, in Kona, it's, it's hard to coordinate when you might be, you know, on Oahu and, and possibly here for Wednesday. Um, I, I really like the fact that you wore an Aloha shirt. I, I should have told you that this is radio and not television, but that's okay. You, you look handsome. So, so I wasted $20 at Costco. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It'll be in the picture when I post it up later on today. Okay. So, so Greg, you know, um, I've always been fascinated about Nelha, and I have, you know, sort of followed it uh, – but I want you to tell us, what was the sort of the brainchild to establish this facility out in Kona? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're 40 years old, uh, one of the older uh, economic development projects in the state. We're established as an outdoor demonstration site, mm-hmm. uh, really visionary a long time ago. We're at the nexus of uh, food, water, and energy. And so for leaders a long time ago to come up with that concept uh, puts, puts us in the right space uh, at uh, at this time and uh, I think has led to a lot of our success. Well, you know, part of the, of course, it's in your title, Natural Energy, so there was this sort of ocean thermal energy activity that was going on at Nelha, but there's also a lot more activity going on with respect to various, uh, let's say, aquaculture and even uh, mm-hmm. algae pools and of a whole variety of things. Maybe, you know, maybe talk real quickly about some of the cool projects that are going on there. Yeah, we, we have 900 acres uh, surrounding the airport there uh, in Kona. And uh, we have the energy, two main focuses, the energy projects like you talked about. We have the OTEC demonstration. We have a battery storage test site. We have a hydrogen storage and production facility uh, working on a microgrid. And we got a new solar desalination demonstration project coming up. But uh, the other side of our park is the marine science, and uh, uh, and that really means aquaculture. And uh, we're really mm-hmm. a hatchery uh, for uh, shrimp. Uh, a lot of people don't know that about probably half of the world's brood stock for shrimp production comes from Hawaii. majority of that comes from Nelha. We have uh, hatcheries for clams at a percent planted in the Pacific Northwest. Hatcheries for oysters are mm-hmm. planted in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we have uh, fish hatcheries. Uh, they're grown offshore in cages. 
And then we have uh, Algae Ponds. Uh, uh, Cyanotech is one of our uh, big rock stars, mm-hmm. and uh, they produce uh, nutraceuticals, uh, bioastin and spirulina from those those ponds. And we have uh, Monk Seal Hospital. We have uh, Seahorse Farm. Uh, you name it. We have an abalone farm, and uh, all those companies are doing really well right now. Now, they, they actually represent the whole spectrum of, of proof of concept all the way to full-on commercial enterprise. They do, absolutely. We're, uh, we're A to Z. You know, we have a, a six-acre research campus uh, down along the shoreline, and that's where. And we have an incubator building that we just uh, finished last year. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so the the companies start there in the research campus, and then when they the, as they're successful, they move out into the rest of the tech park. Yeah, no, I you know the, for the first time I got a chance to visit Nelha, and and, and thanks to you, uh, Greg, you gave me a little tour of of the place, and I was just I was just blown away because of the, you know, just the fact that there's so many uses of deep seawater. Yeah. And actually, you know, we, uh, it's a good point. We, we're a seawater utility. We, uh, we pump a lot of water because those pipes were laid in the deep ocean down to, uh, 3,000 feet deep. And we also have surface seawater intake. So the, the businesses there can mix the water, the warm and the cold water. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the companies are so successful because they can get exactly what they want. Well, and the idea that, this cold water is suitable for organisms that like cold water. Yeah. And so it's not just taking, let's say, surface water and trying to grow an aquaculture uh, production. It's taking deep, pure, cold water. And, you know, like shrimp would love that. And so would clams and oysters and other things. Yeah. And the water, because uh, we're so remote, that's another big advantage. We're very remote. And so we have a very strong biosecurity policy. So anywhere in the world will take animals grown uh, at Nelha because they know mm. that we're strong biosecurity, we're remote, and mm-hmm. the water's pristine. And that's really another factor that's led to our success. And you were saying, you know, some of the, the purity of the water and the environment has contributed to, like, this broodstock of, of shrimp, which normally would be subject to potential, uh, uh, you know, I guess they're they're more susceptible to diseases in yeah, other conditions. Absolutely, so, sure. So that's why people like the product from Hawaii. That's correct. Yeah, and that uh, you know that disease-free, specific pathogen-free shrimp was really invented in Hawaii at Oceanic Institute, and then it was uh, commercialized at Nelha and. And uh, those companies now ship, uh, I think it's $40 million of shrimp to mm-hmm. Asia where they're grown out. But they eventually die because of the disease over there. But then they buy some more. And they buy some more. Yeah. No, that's a, <laughs> that's a great model. <laughs> well, I love, I love talking about Nelka because I just think it's so fascinating how this facility and the sort of like the, the, the people that thought of leveraging the capability of deep sea water in this area in Kona, I mean, it's just a testament to some visionaries. But I thought I do want to get the, the you to talk a little bit about this aquaculture because uh, there's been a lot of talk about aquaculture. There's been you know various initiatives and work being done from a lot of different departments, including the University of Hawaii, and 
you know, being in Hawaii, you would think aquaculture would be one of our kind of key industries. Yeah. So w- where is aquaculture in terms of its importance in perhaps providing food for us hungry humans? Uh, you know, from a, you know, from an export standpoint, uh, it's one of our larger exports. Uh, I think aquaculture is up in the $80 million range, which is fairly high. And... Um, uh, but from a food standpoint, you know, that's kind of not our area. That's a Department of Agriculture. So kind of mm-hmm. I really don't have that uh, number at my fingertips. But I can tell you that uh, globally uh, what we've recognized is that uh, a seafood uh, – demand for seafood is in, at an all-time high. Uh, and fish stocks are uh, if stable, if not diminishing – so uh, there's a lot more demand for uh, aquaculture or uh, seafood uh, globally and will continue to increase, a lot of people believe, rapidly over the next 20 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you were sort of uh, uh, kind of teasing me with this idea of these, these sort of waves of change that are going to be contributed to by the need for feeding the population. How does aquaculture play into that? Yeah, so uh, from a global aquaculture standpoint, I think it was Carl Fuchs at Hawaii Strategic Strategic Development Corporation uh, pointed out uh, that uh, we have this global demand that's increasing rapidly. And uh, another wave of change is that um, the United States uh, federal government has recognized the opportunity for uh, marine aquaculture and you know, a lot of people don't know, but I think we have the second largest e- exclusive economic zone in the world. So from a, a, nas- a global standpoint, the United States has a lot of potential, and we pour, import most of our seafood. So uh, that's the federal government's recognition. And that, that has changed, and that, that's very important. And then uh, because of those two factors, you're seeing venture capital move into this aquaculture mm-hmm, area mm-hmm. recently. And then given those three factors and the fact that uh, there's been probably two innovations globally in the past 20 years, one is salmon farming and the other is this uh, specific pathogen-free shrimp, we have this uh, excellent reputation globally uh, in the aquaculture industry. I think a lot of people don't know about it. And because we've done so well over the years um, – uh, we have a lot of mentors here. There's a lot of expertise here that can help us uh, if we can combine these factors and start an accelerator and investment fund. Uh, we think we can we can make a difference. Well, so I do want to talk a little bit more, a lot more, in fact, about this accelerator and what went into actually forming the, the partnership that uh, constitutes this uh, aquaculture accelerator. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Greg Barber and the aquaculture accelerator. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting and Sacred Hearts Academy. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Greg Barber. He's the executive director of the Natural Energy Lab of Hawaii Authority. And, of course, right before the break, we're talking about the, uh, you know, aquaculture, its growing interests on the part of uh, venture capitalists and 
looking at ways of, of perhaps creating businesses to help foster a growth in aquaculture to ultimately end up helping to feed the planet. Now, Greg, so this idea of creating uh, an accelerator, I mean, you know, we're familiar with the accelerators. We've had them on the show, whether it's Blue Startups or Accelerate UH or Elemental. So the idea of an aquaculture accelerator, which is pretty specific, tell us the thought process behind, you know, sort of creating this accelerator. Yeah, thank you, Bert. So recognizing uh, those waves of change that I talked about uh, a few minutes ago, um, we held an aquaculture summit Mm -hmm. almost one year ago at Nelha. And the idea was we need to bring everybody together. We need to to have everybody recognize kind of where we're going. We have the research component in Hawaii at UH, which is really strong. Uh, Department of Agriculture does a really good job of providing food for Hawaii people. And then we had this initiative for, for assisting global innovation for aquaculture. And so we tried to bring everybody together, and we were able to successfully bring – I, th- I think kind of a unique partnership. Uh, we haven't, I haven't seen it before. And so uh, we got Nelha involved. Uh, we got the University of Hawaii involved. And actually, Mary Alice Evans at DBED helped us, uh, instrumental in pulling us all together. And then Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation. So a great mix of, of people and, and, um, and expertise. Mm-hmm. And we were able to form this partnership and we just released a, a request for interest, uh, I think it was last month, to try to find uh, an entity to run the accelerator. And we're providing uh, space, uh, comping space and facilities and um, utilities, seawater, electricity at, at Nelha up to half a million dollars. We were fortunate to get half a million dollars from the legislature this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get we have the kind of um, you know the half a million dollars from the in kind half a million in cash and then we we got um, we got uh, funds from uh, uh, this uh, EDA grant that Carl Fuchs brought to the table mm-hmm. and UH uh, matched the money so we got a little over one and a half a million and uh, we hope to find somebody to run the accelerator at Nalha. And then also establish uh, an investment fund. Oh, great! So this RFI was a, a request for information. Did you get some pretty good responses in terms of, you know, people proposing how they might form and run this accelerator? Yeah. So from a timeline standpoint, we just released it uh, probably I think a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, tomorrow we're having an informational meeting. Uh, if you go to the Nelha website, uh, you, I think you can find the information um, on how to uh, uh, dial into that. We'll have it um, uh, online. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then hopefully the plan is to get proposals by uh, mid-December. And then we, we want to review the proposals and select uh, an entity to run it and establish the investment fund hopefully early next year mm-hmm. and and then we from a timeline standpoint we would have some a formal agreement in um, in the spring and and hopefully we would have uh, the entity start uh uh bringing in the cohort mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. uh next summer so that's pretty aggressive that's- schedule 
But uh, I, I think uh, with the team we got, we got Vasilis Siramos at UAH, Vice President for Research and Innovation, Carl Folks, and, and myself and our team at Nelha. Uh, I think we can do it. Oh, yeah. No, that yeah. sounds exciting. And I, I definitely want to have you guys come back and tell us more about this accelerator as an example of potential companies that would participate as a cohort. I mean, what are some of the things that you've seen around, you know, conferences that might qualify as a startup in this aquaculture accelerator environment? Yeah, great question. So a uh, couple of areas that probably familiar disruptive technologies that are in Agriculture mm-hmm. also apply to aquaculture and the other uh, sectors. Um, for example, robotic farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a company there already for Forever Oceans is the name of it, using offshore fish cages and partnered with Lockheed Martin using their drone technology to control fish farms remotely. They're six miles offshore, and uh, they do that. I think there's more of that. I think robots and sensors, I'm sorry, drones and sensors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for measuring water quality is another big area that, uh, that I've seen. Uh, believe it or not, blockchain technology, traceability, people want to know where that fish that they're eating came from. Uh, and another big area that uh, everybody's talking about, you know, salmon uh, farming in Norway transformed uh, global aquaculture. And by the way, I was at a conference and they said, uh, Norway, $7.8 billion worth of salmon last year, 2017. That's just phenomenal, $7.8 billion. And so everybody's looking for the next big fish. And then, of course, one of the bigger areas, um, like Carl Fuchs says, fish eat fish. So the idea is to find different feed for the fish to find a way to increase this global aquaculture dramatically. Uh, and then I was at this conference last week in mm-hmm. San Diego, and uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, you know, they had uh, cellular aquaculture. And so they're growing uh, fish cells in the lab. And uh, I I don't know what kind of fish it was, but then they showed a picture using 3D, what they called 3D bioprinters. Never heard of it before in my life. So they're actually using a 3D printer to print the fish. It looks exactly what you see in in the store. I didn't taste it. I saw the (laughs) pictures. I don't know if I would taste it. But, you know, all this other technology we see in other sectors, the IT, and and, and it can all be applied to aquaculture. Now, do you see the, uh, I guess in the the bottom minute that we have, uh, companies coming out of Hawaii that would perhaps participate in this accelerator, or would these companies be from elsewhere? Actually, probably a mix, just like all of the other accelerators in Hawaii. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, we part of the project is that we have funds to to identify the pipeline of companies that would get involved in this project. And so, until we do that, until we start that out, we really don't know how many companies there are in Hawaii. Uh, but I think there's a lot of them because, you know, like, you know, I used to think oh, we're a small island nation. And somebody said, no, we're a large ocean state. <laughs> I mean, we're the place where this can really happen. And uh, I think, uh, you know, our children 
uh, really are interested in marine science. So and real so quickly, good. where's the uh, um, link that people can go to to find out more about the Aquaculture Accelerator and NELHA? You can go to our website, uh, NELHA. Uh, .hawaii.gov. Uh, you can also go to hsdc.hawaii.gov. You can get the the uh, RFI there and, and find out about what we're doing. Sounds good. Greg Barber is the executive director of NELHA. I want to thank you for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will be talking about blockchain for the agriculture industry. And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. And, of course, you can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime on the HPR app. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. This year we're here.